bringing you the latest in tax credit news, this is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, May 30th, 2017. This week, four years ago, marked a milestone in the court case that caused investments in an entire industry to stall. I'm talking, of course, about the historic Boardwalk Hall case. May 28, 2013 was the date that the U.S. Supreme Court denied a petition by counsel to review the historic Boardwalk Hall case. This ended efforts to overturn a circuit court decision that an investor was not a true partner in the rehabilitation of the historic Boardwalk Hall in New Jersey. The Supreme Court's decision meant that the circuit court's ruling stood and ultimately created the need for the IRS to issue safe harbor requirements. The IRS did that in long-anticipated Revenue Procedure 2014-12. The Revenue Procedure spelled out conditions under which the IRS would not challenge historic tax credit partnership allocations. That Revenue Procedure was welcome news to the investing community and helped end the stall in historic tax credit investing. Now, let's turn to this week's tax credit news. In our general section, I'll talk about last week's House Ways and Means Committee hearing on the President's proposed budget for fiscal year 2018. The sole witness was Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, and I'll recap his testimony. Then, I'll discuss a bill that would authorize additional tax and bond allocation as well as a new tax credit to fund infrastructure projects. In new markets tax credit news, I'll outline some of the topics that were added to the City of Five Fund's list of frequently asked questions or FAQs regarding the 2017 New Market Tax Credit Allocation application. After that, I'll share the latest Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report and a City of Five Fund blog post on eligible uses of Capital Magnet Fund Awards. And in historic tax credit news, I'll share a sign-on letter urging congressional leaders to retain and enhance the historic tax credit in tax reform. Then I'll outline a bill that involves the use of historic tax credits and historic school buildings. If you're ready, let's get started. I detailed in last week's podcast how the Trump budget proposal has significant and largely adverse implications for affordable housing and community development. Well, last week, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin testified on the budget request and tax reform in front of the House Ways and Means Committee as well as the Senate Finance Committee. The hearing marked the first time the new Treasury Secretary appeared officially in front of the House of Representatives. Mnuchin touched on everything from his support for using dynamic scoring in tax reform to urging Congress to raise the national debt ceiling soon. Mnuchin said it's critical to raise the debt ceiling before Congress adjourns for its August recess. This is much sooner than originally anticipated and due in part to lower than expected revenue receipts. The Treasury Secretary asked Congress to raise the debt ceiling in a bill separate from budget negotiations. I'll report more on the looming debt ceiling issue in future podcasts. But back to the hearing. I do want to note that Ways and Means Committee senior member Pat Tiberi told Mnuchin that he, Pat Tiberi, was pleased to see funding for the CDFI fund to maintain existing programs, existing programs like the New Markets Tax Credit. 
Tiberi said, and I quote, I hope that's an indication that the administration is supportive of the program, which has been effectively targeting investments in low-income communities, both urban and rural, across the country. I've been a big supporter of it. It's bipartisan. Close quote. I thank Representative Tiberi for keeping a positive spotlight on the new markets tax credit during tax reform discussions. Now, the committee is accepting written comments for the hearing record on the President's budget proposals. Written comments must be submitted through the Ways and Means Committee website by the end of the day, Wednesday, June 7th, a week from tomorrow. Also, Senator Sherrod Brown asked a similar question of Mnuchin on the new markets and the low-income housing tax credits, wherein Secretary Mnuchin said that the administration wasn't considering changing either program. Once again, Secretary Mnuchin said that the administration wasn't considering changing either the new market tax credit or the low-income housing tax credit programs. I'd now like to move to other news from Washington. Senator John Hoven of North Dakota and Senate Finance Committee Ranking Member Ron Wyden of Oregon introduced an infrastructure bill that proposes to use taxes and bonds and tax credits to help fund America's infrastructure needs. The bill, the Move America Act of 2017, is similar to a bill that Senator Wyden introduced in 2015. The Move America Act of 2017 would create about $226 billion in a new category of taxes and productivity bonds, and the bill would allow such bonds to be converted into tax credits to help fund infrastructure projects. The conversion rate would be $25 in tax credits for every $100 in taxes and bonds. The tax credit conversion proposal would mimic the public-private partnerships that have made the long housing tax credit and new markets tax credit such a success. Under the bill, states are allowed to either allocate credits directly to infrastructure projects or set up a structure that mirrors the new markets tax credit, sort of a fund structure. States could use the tax credits under the fund structure to capitalize a state infrastructure bank or other loan funds. Now, if allocated to projects, the tax credit can be as high as 10% a year for 10 years, but eligible costs are limited to 20% of depreciable basis. If the tax credit is allocated to a fund, the 10% credit is cut in half, and it's 5% a year for 10 years. The Move America Act of 2017 includes a number of changes compared to the 2015 bill, and one of those updates is the addition of water and sewage projects and rural broadband to the list of qualifying projects. Now, you can read more about the legislation on the notes from the Novogratz blog. Also, we at Novogratz are monitoring the use of tax credits to fund infrastructure very closely. For more information, you can go to www.infrastructurecredits.com. In New Markets Tax Credit news, the City of Five Fund recently released an updated version of its Frequently Asked Questions document about the 2017 New Market Tax Credit Allocation application. The City of Five Fund added topics in response to questions asked at two conference calls earlier this month. Topics in the revised guidance include proposed financial products rates and terms, pipeline projects, tax record of past investment activities, and information on previous allocations. You can find the updated FAQs at www.newmarketscredits.com. As a reminder, applications for 2017 New Market Tax Credit Allocation Authority are due June 21st. That's three weeks from tomorrow. And remember, we will offer a webinar this Thursday on the New Markets Tax Credit application. The webinar includes tips, strategies, and information on how the application is scored.
you can go to www.novaco.com to register. While we're on the topic of the New Markets Tax Credit, the CDFI Fund has recently released its latest Qualified Equity Investment Issuance Report, or QEI report. This report identifies the total dollar amount finalized by New Market Tax Allocatees and the amount that remains to be issued. The CDFI Fund said that more than $395 million in allocation authority has been issued since the last report in April. The amount finalized since the beginning of the program has now reached $44.1 billion. As of the report's May 19 release, the amount of new market tax allocation authority still available is nearly $6.4 billion. If you'd like to see the latest QI report, go to www.newmarketscredits.com. With the $3.5 billion 2017 allocation round of the New Market Tax Program now open, I'd like to remind you of next week's Novogratic 2017 New Markets Tax Credit Spring Conference. The conference is in Washington, D.C., and it's on June 8th and 9th, with pre-conference workshops on June 7th. Our keynote speaker will be Representative Pat Tiberi. As I mentioned earlier, he's a senior member of the House Ways and Means Committee, and he introduced legislation to make the New Markets Tax Credit permanent. Other conference speakers include CDFI Fund Director Annie Donovan and New Market Tax Credit Program Manager Bob Ibanez. Also, there is still time to register for the conference. You can go to www.novaco.com events. In other community development news, the CDFI Fund last week published a blog post on eligible uses of Capital Magnet Fund awards. The Capital Magnet Fund awards competitive grants to finance affordable housing and community development. Eligible uses of fund dollars, as noted in the blog, are capitalizing affordable housing and economic development funds, capitalizing revolving loan funds, creating loan reserves, making risk-sharing loans, and making loan guarantees. The fiscal year 2017 round of the Capital Magnet Fund is expected to open this June. Up to $120 million in wards is expected to be available. Go to www.newmarketstress.com for more information about the program. In historic tax credit news, historic preservation advocates are circulating a sign-on letter in support of keeping and enhancing the historic tax credit during federal tax reform. This is a sign-on letter where listeners like you can sign on. The letter will be sent to the heads of the Senate Finance Committee and House Ways and Means Committee. That means it's going to Senate Finance Committee Chairman Senator Orrin Hatch and Ranking Member Senator Ron Wyden as well as House Ways and Means Committee Chairman, Representative Kevin Brady, and Ranking Member, Representative Richard Neal. The letter describes how the historic tax credit generates an average of $1.20 for every $1 in tax credits. This means eliminating the historic tax credit would take away from the economic growth anticipated from tax reform. Now, the groups behind the letter are the National Trust for Historic Preservation, the Historic Tax Credit Coalition, Preservation Action, the National Conference of State Historic Preservation Officers, and Main Street America. Now, if you want to add your organization to the sign-on letter, go to www.preservationnation.org. Once again, if you want to add your name of your organization to the letter, go to www.preservationnation.org. In other historic preservation news, Virginia's two U.S. senators introduced a bill last week that would allow schools 
to use the federal store tax credit to spur investment in renovating their buildings. Democrats Tim Kaine and Mark Warner introduced the bill, and it's titled the School Infrastructure Modernization Act. The legislation would amend federal store tax credit law, which currently doesn't allow the credit to be used by properties that will be occupied by the current user. The bill would remove the so-called prior use clause for school renovation projects. Now, interestingly, when he was mayor of Richmond, Virginia, Senator Kane found a way around the rule. The city made the case that in renovating a school, it would switch from a regular public school to a magnet school. The school district insisted that it was substantially changing the building's use. The Internal Revenue Service agreed and allowed the property to qualify for tax credits. Now, Senators Kane and Warner hope to change the rules to allow the historic tax credit to be more widely used by schools. Now, a press release from Kane's office said that older schools can often be renovated for less money than the cost of new construction. And supporters of legislation said that more than 15,000 school buildings in the nation would be eligible for the tax credit. That 15,000 is out of about 100,000 total school buildings. Jim Webb, then a Virginia senator, introduced similar legislation in both 2010 and 2011. The 2011 version was also introduced in the House, but none of the bills advanced. My partner, Tom Bosha, from our Cleveland office, notes that this revision would create a large number of additional properties that could use the federal historic tax credit. And Tom points out that many historic schools have become apartments and other things through the historic tax credit and that making that tool available to renovate them as schools would likely be a very popular choice. When the current bill is posted, you'll be able to find it at www.historictaxcredits.com. It's Senate Bill 1156. And if you have questions about your historic tax credit property or renovation or development, call my partner Tom Bosha in our Cleveland office. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. As I mentioned, our Novogratic 2017 New Markets Tax Credit Spring Conference is next Thursday and Friday. It's in Washington, D.C., and I hope to see you there. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. Novogratik and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.